The Football Pod on OTB Sports. You still listen to the Football Pod, or is that like texting your ex? Absolutely. As I often said, I'm jealous that uh, I don't know who's so good, the little whore. <laughs> the Football Pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app. The News Round on Off the Ball. With Gillette for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. All right, you're welcome along. It is Thursdays off the ball. Nathan with you until 10 o'clock. we got Keith Wood coming up later this hour ahead of Ireland's tour to New Zealand and a bit of nostalgia on Keith's trips to New Zealand, which uh, results-wise maybe weren't the most successful. Uh, after 8 o'clock, well, off the ball are back on the road. We're going to be touring the country over the next few weeks. We started last night in Mahara in Derry. Uh, there was a whole load of nostalgia ahead of a huge weekend for Derry football. Ender Gormley and Tony Scullion looking back on 1993 and all of that so that's coming your way after 8 o'clock and then on the football show Brian Gartland five time League of Ireland winner with Dundalk has his autobiography back he'll be looking to make it six time League of Ireland winner this season still very much part of Stephen O'Donnell's squad and he's going to talk to us about his success at Dundalk and also his time working with Stephen Kenny 53106 is the text number at off the ball if you want to get in touch on social media Richie McCormick good evening Nathaniel, how are you? And you're missing out on the party, Richie. Joe Malloy oh, live in studio. Richie, we should be together. What's going on? What's rare well, is wonderful. I, I would have thought you would have been in the same room for the US Open last week and not for checks notes, the Travelers Championship. Uh, but, you know, whatever floats you their boat. They're all big tournaments, Richie. You know that. Well, according to uh, Jay Monaghan, they certainly are, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, Listen, if Rory McIlroy is playing so well, we just had to have a little get-together. <laughs> is that what constitutes it Rory's going well get into the studio yeah. we, we are he- heading for peak McElroy where he wins the week before the US Open wins the week after the US Open but doesn't actually win the major itself that would be something wouldn't it uh, so he's what was it 8 under par today Richie 8 under par uh, 5 birdies on his back 9 3 in his front not a single bogey in sight his lowest opening round on the PGA Tour ever uh, the man is in pretty decent form I think it's fair to say mm. very strange man Rory McIlroy in so many ways wonderful but uh, he was playing brilliantly in Canada didn't have his best of at all for most of the 4 days at the US Open and then he rebounds as you sort of knew he would so these are the vagaries of loving Rory McIlroy if you love Rory McIlroy the argument might be that uh, the Canadian Open and the Travellers Championship are played at somewhat easier courses than a major and a US Open and that the easy courses a player of his talent can rip apart and a sterner test doesn't appreciate it there are many arguments like that made against Rory pressure would be another one but uh, I think in fairness to him he keeps showing up at every single major whereas there's an argument it might be better if he really blew very hot and then disappeared for a couple of months whereas at the moment he's like Mr. Consistent Mm. so Justin Thomas wins the PGA and then flunks out of the US Open last week that's generally the way to do it these days consistency is overrated in the world tell me about it tell me about it Uh, you're just back from Derry yeah back on the road you went out to meet your people (laughs) yeah I uh, obviously Shane Hannan was there as well I got him to inform the pub that there'd be preferably no eye contact with me and generally that was observed and I appreciated that wow <laughs> she's only half joking this is the line I, I didn't say eye contact but I definitely said no chit chat no chit chat I'm a busy man uh, no it was great we were in Mahara in Derry uh, so pretty much right beside Schlock Neil, which is one of the great clubs and mm. it's only when you're up there you realise how extraordinary it is and Chrissy McCabe was in here a couple of years ago McCabe with uh, Jaron Nolan and he was talking about how 
You know, things I didn't know about the club, like in 1981, they withdrew from all competition in support of the hunger strikers, for instance. Uh, they were only founded in 1953 and they only really made their big breakthrough of success in 04, winning the football. And obviously the last decade or so has been off the charts, both in hurling, camogie, uh, men's football, it's just insane. And so we spoke to Tina Bradley, who's from Offaly, married Patsy Bradley, as people would know Patsy Bradley. And uh, she was telling us about this amazing club. Even it has been turned, or they're getting to the point of turning it into a quasi Gwailtocht area. You know, wow. The Irish language there is uh, really prized and cherished. And uh, she was saying, you know, uh, at training sessions, conversations are happening in Irish all around her. And it's kind of a beautiful thing when you're. And has this been a that. natural evolution or has. No, very concerted. Okay. Let's make this happen. I think around the turn of the century, it was one of the ambitions. Right. And have the Gale skills up there? Yeah. Yeah. So it's really impressive, really incredible. Oh. I mean, it is just about as, as impressive a club as you come across. So it was great to get a sense of Schlock Neil. We had Eddie Brennan there. And again, this, uh, it's, you know, a real dual club. So I was thinking, well, I'd be curious to see how Eddie's received. And you arrive into the pub and there are uh, framed beautiful photos of Kilkenny and their pomp and I thought well he's going to be okay here and he was great and then you mentioned the two boys from 93 Tony Scullion and Gormley two phenomenal players Tony Scullion like one of the great uh, fullbacks of his generation won four All-Stars which is no mean feat and Gormley like one of the great free kick takers two-time All-Star and they were just phenomenal on 93 all these really uh, rich stories in you know, of a time when football was that bit more romantic and relaxed and uh, it shines through. And, you know, Tony was kind of telling these amazing stories that his father very early on was, uh, I think it was arthritis and was on crutches. So never actually saw him play for Derry. He couldn't leave the house. And his mother only ever saw him play once live. You know, it's just uh, the situation as it was and they didn't have a car at the time. And so, you know, he recounted being at the All-Ireland final and his father was too nervous to watch the match on television. So he was in the bedroom uh, with the rosary beads and his mother also with the rosary beads, but with an <laughs> able to stomach watching it, was in and out to give reports. And he got wow. quite emotional when he talked about like one of the, the great moments of his life was to come home and he said, walk up number 22 and put the Sam Maguire in my father's lap. And ah, sure, brilliant. His voice crackled then. Yeah. Everyone applauded, you know, it was, oh Jesus, you know. So it was lovely. That, and I think that kind of stuff tends to come out more when you have a crowd there. Yeah. All right. Well, that's coming up after eight o'clock and we're going to be all around the country. We're down in uh, Limerick next week. We're going to be in Kerry the week after that. I'm sure we'll be a male between now and the All-Ireland final as well. I don't, yeah. see, I don't see any reason why not. Who doesn't love a good wake? Might as well give them something to do. What is your sense of the weekend? Uh, my sense isn't great. Yeah. Usually by Thursday, I've, I've lost a run of myself. Yeah. I'm thinking... Clifford, overrated. Sure, we'll probably man mark him and stick stick Porigahora on him. Do a job on him. It'll mm. be fine. It'll be fine. Maybe he's not fully fit. It'll, it'll be grand. And listen, Mayo, don't fear Kerry. The wave of momentum behind us, it's just not there this time. But no, I'll be honest. Uh, you know, half time in the All Ireland semi final last year against Dublin, it wasn't there either. And somehow they managed to turn it round. So yeah. Somebody yeah. um, somebody texted in last night pointing out that the weather is supposed to be filthy Great. on Sunday afternoon, which could well play into Mayo hands. And I think anything like that, you're probably uh, taken uh, rather gladly at this stage. Well, you know, David Clifford, he won't have ever played in that sort of weather before. Like, <laughs> just won't know what to do <laughs> with himself. Like I don't know. What do you think, Joe? Um, as it gets closer to it, I'm starting to give Mayo more of a chance. I think any other team with the way Mayo have played this year, you would say no. Yeah. But it feels like there's always a game 
Yeah. And if it, if they can keep it tight early, as long as they don't end up and let Clifford run riot and it's 2006 all over again mm. and the game is done after 20 minutes, you would feel if they can be there at half time, yeah. there's something in the psyche that they just won't let go. Absolutely. Like I was at the Mayo Kildare match and honestly, I've never, it was the worst Mayo performance I thought I had seen in 15 years until uh, Billy Chobadden was on and I put that point to him and he said, yeah, maybe even the Galway performance this year was worse. So they've had two of their worst ever performances this year. So no evidence is based on this year. They've been really abysmal like gen- just even the basics of the game and no, not not the old energy and or sense of belief about them but then the more the game approaches you start to really hone in on the fact that Kerry have not been tested at all this year and you think back to Tyrone last year several of the Kerry players had cramp and certainly that was in the post-mortem in Kerry that was very concerning what's gone on here mm. that we're in we are, we haven't cramp we're, we're training all year like where's our SNC? Uh, like <clears throat> if there's a team in the country Mayo are pretty much up there as a team who can get together over the last week or so and say we've played more matches than them we're not playing our best stuff can we take these guys into the trenches into a physical place they don't want to go and and they can't be prepared to go and that's the nagging sense that Mayo say from the first minute I want 100% intensity unleash empty yourselves Mm. everything you can take this into a war and if you need to come off you come off and at the end of it, we'll dominate the last 15 minutes. That gives me a sense of this could be very intriguing. The, the danger, of course, is Kerry opened up early on and they're a bit tighter defensively and they could blow Mayo away. And I think the flatness and lack of hype around Mayo isn't necessarily to do with Kerry and Clifford. It's more just the draw that actually, obviously it's all about winning an All-Ireland for Mayo. Like There's no great joy of getting to a semi-final now. Yeah. And the thought of you'd have to beat Kerry then Dublin and then yeah imagine playing Galway in an all Ireland final <laughs> that'd be a hell of a one to lose <laughs> <laughs> yeah all that feeds into it they just look flat they do but um, like we said Warren has a way they do have a way they have a track record and that's where it gets I'm feeling good Joe interesting. I'm starting to feel good again well, yeah well wouldn't feel too good but I mean even Clifford like how uh, there's probably I, I heard the lads what's your medals I heard the lads in the football pod making the point to Tommy like with Clifford Okay, on, on the one hand, you'd say, well, don't risk him. If he's in any way not right, don't risk him because Kerry are better. But then I think it might have been James O'Donoghue who was saying, well, like, hang on. So then you're saying, are we going to play Dublin and Clifford has no football in him? Like, even if he, they have to get half an hour of championship football into Clifford to be any way near his best mm. for Dublin. So these are all the, the considerations. Ah, it's fine. You, you saw the Jack O'Connor interview on Radio Kerry, I presume. No. Ah, it was the it was the greatest moment of Yeraism we have ever seen when he was asked about fitness updates, right. and he was talking normally in conversation with the interviewer. And when he was asked about it, the hand went toward him out. What do I like this? No one does a few bumps and bruises now, and sure, we'll have to see how they train later in the week. But uh, yeah, no, no, I wouldn't. Uh, and uh, has David Clifford been training? Has David Clifford been training? Yeah, he has, yeah, yeah, yeah. A few bumps and bruises. I was like, ah, oh, glorious. Nothing. Yeah. Give nothing away. He'll play. He probably will. He probably will. Uh, do you know, he, he was a big talking point even after the show amongst all the... I mean, everyone up there is just GA mad, mm. so we're all talking football. And, like, this is literally pub talk. So, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. But, um, like, with Clifford... And I think the lads in the football pod made the point, and that's why I brought it up, and then we were talking about it. Like, Clifford did a lot of Sigerson and playing for Kerry in the early part of the year, and, like... Well, play- Kerry went at it from pretty yeah, much week you just, one. You just want a player that talented, that young, and who's been in demand and had a lot of football under his belt. I mean, I'm not saying, I, and I want to make it very clear, I'm not saying anybody is not Flip it up. totally on top of their jobs down there. You know, like the brilliant professionals, I'm sure. But like, 
we see too many young players with too much load on them like this injury James Dunham made the point this injury isn't something that happened in the last few weeks it's this is building. a legacy maybe of his year and so that's a you know he wouldn't be the first young player who's been pulled in several directions Malloy Clifford burnt out there <laughs> yeah. we got it uh, the news round is brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day see Richie I feel you're left out when you're not in here yeah it's alright don't worry I had the run of the place last night me and Mick running roughshod over the studio that's fair enough. We're so back to find some treats lying around there. They bring some there. semblance of uh, peace back to this. Uh, Richie is exactly. starting his news round with three golf stories. Three helpings of golf. Yeah, it's quiet Thursday. Yeah, you can tell. Uh, Stephanie Meadow opened with a one over par round of 73 at the third major of the year, the Women's PGA Championship today. Korea's Ingi Chun leads in Bethesda on eight on She's blown everyone away today. Uh, so far has Ing. She is seven shots clear of the field. Leona Maguire got her round underway just after 6 p.m. She has parred her opening three holes and remains level. But as we mentioned, uh, story of the day belonging to Rory McIlroy. He's the clubhouse leader at the Travelers Championship following his opening round in Connecticut. The County Down golfer carded a flawless eight on a par round of 62 today. And he's a shot clear of Xander Schofield and the Scott Martin Laird. Seamus Power's first round got underway at 10 past six. The Waterford golfer is still level par through his first three holes. And also, Podrick Harrington, two shots off the lead following his first round at the US Senior Open. He shot a level par round of 71 today. American Paul Goidos is the clubhouse leader there on two under par. That one being played in Bethlehem, PA. There is a lot of big golf tournaments coming up over the next few weeks, but really, all eyes are only on one, and that is Golf Weekly heading to Killian Castle Tuesday, July 5th. We've got a brilliant day lined up, Richie, for those who love golf. At Peter Lorry Clinic, don't even have to pay for it, Peter Lorry on the range, giving all his expertise, a live podcast recording, food, prizes, and of course, a round of golf at the brilliant Killeen Castle. At the Golf Weekly Golf Days, are exclusive events for friends of the pods only, Richie. So what are you waiting for? Sign up now on otbsports.com forward slash golf weekly. I'm excited, Joe. Very excited. We're literally taking on the JP McManus program. Don't see what could go wrong. No. I've heard Jordan Speeth is thinking, screw the Pro-Am on the Tuesday. I want to be up with my boys. This is going to be great. We've done these a couple of times and you get everybody together and they're always great days. So I'm really looking forward to it. We haven't done one in years for obvious reasons. The key to getting into this is uh, to send me a DM and say you're flying in from abroad. I had one yesterday going, I'm flying in from New York. Do you think I could get in? Like, I think I think, yeah. I think you could. We had a guy from Dubai who came to the one in Port Marnock Links a couple of years ago. It was a beautiful thing. He was then adopted pretty much by the people he played with, Richie, yeah. who brought him out playing golf the two, three days after while he was over in Ireland. Yeah, it was lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they said, how long when so, are you flying back? And they, they hung out with him for the few days afterwards playing golf. So just to just to reiterate, just so I'm not missing anything here, I, 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 you know, obviously being out of the studio and don't catch everything, so you haven't received the invite for the JP McManus Pro-Am, no? No. No. Lost in the post. Right, okay. Just, didn't I just even get that. They didn't even get the invite for the Pro-Am for the Irish Open. How is it that yeah, Mark, there we go. Mark Wahlberg got his invite? We didn't get ours. What's the story? Yeah. Absolute. Harry Redknapp. Harry doesn't need that. Harry doesn't need that. Uh, we're thinking of going down there and doing the show from there on the Monday. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I suppose bringing, you know, two-minute conversations with Harry Redknapp, Mark Wahlberg. Just real, the kind of day that makes you feel very small. We're like, just one, just one word, sorry, just one. Are you enjoying your time Jordan, in Ireland? Jordan, yeah. please, please. That kind of quality content. Maybe a few minutes with GMAC. Well, that would be worth doing. I made this point on Golf Weekly earlier that I, I was at the JP Pro-Am in 2010 or 2011, whenever the last one happened. And, you know, there was a very small media presence. It was more the celebrity side of things. And there was a few golf riders and Tiger did a press conference. So everyone went in uh, for that. But it was so relaxed, you were able to walk along the fairways 
as media with the players so you were able to walk Tigers 18 inside the ropes right beside him in the middle of the fair it was probably the most glorious four hours of my life I suspect this year's JP Pro-Am is going to be one of the biggest media circuits in sport this year because you have all of the live golf players playing mm. all the superstars of live golf all the superstars of the PGA Tour coming together in the, for the one for the one and only time outside of majors for possibly many many years why was it so small in 2010 11 territory the media presence I, don't, I guess there was maybe more access at the time and everyone was quite relaxed about it okay yeah I don't know uh, what the vibe is going to be hopefully very relaxed but I, I'm, I'm sure we'll be kept at a, a distance I've managed to get through this and just realise that Tiger Woods is going to be there yeah it isn't saying that Tiger Woods missed the US Open but he's at the JP McManus Pro that's the power that is the power did you see the photograph of Tiger Woods leg yeah it's yeah. a nasty old scar it's the first time he'd uh, not had a sock I suppose covering it yeah well there is a lot of speculation that the Open might be his final ever tournament now I'm not sure how much I'd buy into that that he'd go from thinking he'd compete to nothing but you could see it mm. you could see it I mean I think it's becoming apparent he's going to really struggle that he didn't play the US Open that was a sign I think that uh, he's more than just like half hobbling his way through like how can he practice enough how can he be competitive it'd be a hell of a swan song but oh, I think he'd go back to Augusta again it's hard to know he's the most se- like he's the most secretive man of all time who knows what he's thinking or how he's feeling so some League of Ireland news Richie Waterford United is it up for sale is it not up for sale sorry Waterford FC every time I say Waterford United I get angry texts Shocking behaviour, Nathan. Uh, this is a really strange story. The Waterford owner, Richard Forrest, has denied that the club is definitely up for sale. The 42.ie reported this afternoon that advisory company Oakwell had been circulating a prospectus to potential buyers that valued the club at 1.3 million euro. Forrest, whose RNS holdings only bought Waterford from Lee Power 12 months ago, says the prospectus was a means of assessing market value and potential market interest only. He denies a sale is a foregone conclusion, saying he's disappointed that a board decision has been leaked in such a manner. Planet Cuckoo Land, lads. Dublin and Kerry will come through easily. First 20 minutes will be frantic, all right, but both will pull away easily when the game settles down. Well, there's no question Dublin should be Cork. I don't think we're too worried about that one. And as we've said, on the form of this year, you have to write Mayo off and pretty conclusively. The only thing is they just have this track record and they are against a Kerry team that don't quite know where they are yet from a fitness point of view. And so with those ingredients, you can't say it's a, a banker by any means. Why are you so crazy about McElroy? All of a sudden he's playing well. Is that because all the top guys aren't playing against him? Are we not crazy about McElroy? I think we're... I like him. <laughs> I think we have a golf podcast based solely on, <laughs> basically on the back of Rory McElroy's well, success. I, to be honest, I, I would think I've probably criticised Rory McElroy more than any other sports person I talk about regularly in the last five years. Because there's a sense that he was stagnating, not addressing glaring weaknesses and throwing away the chance to become one of the legends of the game. It's only in the last year, I think, we've rightly said he's back on board and moving in the right direction. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here it is. I think it's it's clear to everybody that you uh, and Nathan and everybody in there, we have Rory McIlroy and Stephen Kenny around for dinner every second night (laughs) and that we're best mates. Yeah. Like just let's get it out there in the open. Would he not? Once and for all. Would he not? Would you not? Like I would say, if you were to listen to us over the last four or five years, our general uh, tone is one of like 
disappointed frustration <laughs> with it's the most oh, no, I, would, I would say yeah, if Rory yeah. McIlroy is people listening they would say we are incredibly harsh yes. on McIlroy we talk about him a lot mm. but it's I think that's probably the point but yeah, it gives yeah. you more to talk about than any other golfer Yeah, like not a week goes by where he doesn't say something of interest mm. if you're a golf fan mm. but it's not like god he was great again isn't the wedge play terrible but like he's great you know mm. I mean it's been it, this is the first year in a while it's felt like he's moving in the right direction so uh, you mentioned our great friend Stephen Kenny there who of course uh, we appointed on off the ball as the Republic of Ireland manager yeah. uh, Brian Gartland uh, he's on after 9 o'clock his yeah. book One Last Shot obviously uh, a lot of mention of Stephen Kenny he signed for Dundalk summer 2013 uh, Stephen Kenny gave him the call and said listen will you consider it he was at that stage in his career where thinking I should probably get a proper job I might sign for Shells I'm living in Dublin I sign for Shells get a proper job and move on with my life and Stephen Kenny said listen think about it for a while he said alright I'll give you a call in a couple of days Stephen Kenny rang back an hour later said have you thought about it and he kind of liked what he had seen uh, of Dundalk under Kenny for the few months he was there. Said, screw it, I'll take the chance, I'll go. And obviously becomes one of the most successful players in League of Ireland history. Uh, lots of revealing insight in Stephen Kenny. One part of it, Richie. Uh, Stephen yeah. Kenny's go-to song when they were having the nights out with Dundalk. Okay. Something Inside So Strong. By Labby Sifri. It's a brave song, isn't it? It, it certainly is. It doesn't uh, exactly lift the mood. No, it's no. I'm, I'm trying to even figure out what kind of song that it's. It's, it's a song of determination. People, and hope, everyone knows. The, everyone knows the the chorus. So you how does it go get, again? And that it's too difficult. It's also well, incredibly it's, difficult. Uh, why does it go? You see, the thing about it is, I rec- with Kenny's voice, I reckon he can do the the higher you build your barrier. Oh, he can manage yeah, yeah. that. Or maybe there's a bit of comedy to it. Is this Kenny would karaoke this or just request? Oh, no, I don't think. I don't know if they went around with a karaoke machine. But he would request this number. No, he would. I think he would sing this. This would be his. <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> I can hear it. Like, it's like lay off with the coaching, okay? I mean, like, we, it's not the most subtle, you know, at all moments do you have to be telling me how great I am. Like, we get it. You're thinking he's doing this at halftime? And of course, he's like doing it to like, he's <laughs> subliminal messaging nonstop 24-7 on the bus home. Yeah. Um, I can see now with his arm around Gartland singing this. Yeah, uh, it, it ended with his arm not around Gartland. Gartland tried to Cruyff turn, you might remember this, against Zenit um, in the snow in St. Petersburg oh, yeah. when he was the last man back right gave the ball away that was a touch too expressive <laughs> he, even well he points out that it was last few minutes all they need to do is just get rid of it okay it's like no that's not what we do we tried a Cruyff turn as the last man back uh, and Kenny went through him afterwards to the extent that it uh, you know on Garland's side really he felt damaged the relationship now he realised afterwards maybe he had blown it up more in his head yeah. but was a bit shell- he obviously knew he had screwed up massively uh, but when Kenny came in the next morning it was like what have you done right. like this was our biggest moment and this is what has just happened so uh, yeah it's really interesting he's coming up after 9 o'clock uh, Paul Pogba Richie looks like he's uh, definitely on his way to Juventus at the start of next month it's reported that the France International has agreed a deal with the Bianconeri six years after leaving for Manchester United for 100 million euro Pogba of course is a free agent following the expiry of his United contract and he'll complete his Juve deal in a fortnight's time when he arrives in Italy <laughs> well that was underwhelming <laughs> who wanted him yeah I, I, he just won't be remembered with any fondness, will he? One of the great flops and embodiment of things that were wrong with the club. Promised so much, had so much ability. And maybe to an extent there is a degree of was enough done to get the best out of him the way France managed to. That, that, if there was an enduring mystery with Pogba, is that, that, it's that he had different managers at Manchester United with different ways of approaching him from arm around the shoulder to uh, less of that with Mourinho and nobody could seem to get through to him and, and get something out of him. So, uh, 29 years old. 
and you kind of think look well you know the next cycle of this is Juventus going they win the league and Pogba central to us and actually misunderstood yeah do you know what though we're all spending too much time on uh, Instagram reels or TikTok or whatever Frank Lampard popped up the other day on my screen and he was talking about Pogba and he was saying that you know he didn't have Pogba's ability but he would look at Pogba and think well all the pirouetting on the halfway line it's not really hurting the team whereas my runs into the box you know that that was that. and if he was he was saying if Pogba could have done that with his athleticism and his technique how do you stop him as used to always say that about Pogba like he'd be a nightmare if he kept going running in behind you all day and uh, Lampard was saying and another thing all this Juventus Pogba was amazing at Juventus he was sort of saying I watched a lot of Juventus. I don't know how many people who say Pogba right. was amazing at Juventus watched him week in, week out at Juventus. Well, and they were incredibly a, successful. Yes, and they had a lot of very good players around him. I'm sure Pirlo had a hand in running the sh- show. Uh, so I got the distinct impression Lampard had watched a lot of Juventus and actually didn't think that Pogba was quite so good as everybody says. Like, we're all like, but he was amazing at Juventus. Mm. How many of those games did you watch? I, I listen to people who watch those games. <laughs> I think there's a bit of that going on with him. I like that Frank's going, yeah, like his skill set was good, but if he had my skill set, that's what really did some damage. Mm. It was a self-serving comment, I agree. But from, from Frank? But, 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 but he was right, though. You know, like talk about making the most of your abilities. Uh, run through a couple of other stories quickly, Richie. Uh, what else have I got for you there? Uh, FIFA has approved an increase in World Cup squads to 26. The rule change will come into effect for this winter's finals in Qatar. The move mirrors the expansion of European Championship squads last year uh, to 26. Well, Sligo Rovers have announced that Jordan Hamilton has left the club by mutual consent. The Canadian international striker joined the bit red only in February, making his debut the following month, and he scored twice in 13 appearances. And a nice swan song for Devin Toner. He'll start for the Barbarians in Saturday's match with Spain in Gijon. It'll be the former Ireland final game before retirement plenty of other Irish involvement and ancillary Irish involvement in this one too Ed Byrne and Adam Byrne also start as does Connacht's departing back row Abraham Papali uh, no pressure on Devon Toner after George Cruz everybody now wants to see Devon Toner Do, you didn't see George Cruz in the Barbarians last week oh, no uh, back conversion okay straight over the bar Dev the Barbarians it's the, it's the good stuff big pressure great Joel. player nice send off from certainly is uh, thank you very much Thanks thank you Nathan studio. great to see you do it again wow we'll see you in a couple of years <laughs> it's been great uh, enjoy the weekend